Coming up on this episode of The Life of a Reluctant Brown Girl. Just me, as a woman, if this was my only source of information and I'm just watching this Netflix show, and let's say I'm younger and I'm not exposed to that much, now what is the messaging I'm getting there? I'm understanding that if I'm successful and independent, I'm difficult. That's what that translates to. It just doesn't portray strong women in a good light. It doesn't portray women in a good light. It feels so backwards, like they're undoing all of the progress that women have made in the past 50 years. I mean, again, this goes back to kind of like the women bashing that they were doing on this show. Like, even when it's subtle, it's definitely, definitely there. That's definitely not a progressive thing that I feel like women of the younger generation should be paying attention to. Life of a reluctant brown girl. She's a reluctant brown girl. A reluctant brown girl. Hello fam and welcome to the life of a reluctant brown girl where we chat about experiences with culture, entrepreneurship, life empowerment, and all the ups and downs of everything in between. Unfiltered girl talk included. I'm Anisha, the reluctant brown girl. So what do you get when you mix a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead? A conversation about a cringy, bingy Netflix show. Drum roll, Indian matchmaker. So who are these elusive blonde and redheads that I'm talking about? Well, that would be my friends, Anna and Nicole. And in case it wasn't clear, I'm the brunette in this scenario. Welcome to the podcast, Anna and Nicole. Hi. Thanks. <laughs> are you guys excited to talk about this? <laughs> Very much so. You watched it, right? Yeah. Don't lie to me, Nicole. Did you watch it? <laughs> I did. I binged it. <laughs> okay, good, good. Did you binge it too, Anna? Oh, yeah. I watched it in a day or two. So cringy bingey was right on the money. 100%. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll get into the cringy in a second. Okay, so just before I kick off the episode, I thought I would give an introduction about you both. So I wanted to present this in the best way possible in the style of Indian matchmaker itself. So here are the bio datas of Anna and Nicole. Let's start with Anna. So Anna is half Serbian and half Norwegian. She is the blonde of this mix and she is very lovely and smart. Anna is currently single and looking. She, however, did not meet the threshold of 5'3", um, but that's okay. So what are, you, what are you sitting at right now on a good day? On a good day, I'm probably 5'1". That's all, what do you want a bad day? Four nine? <laughs> Maybe like five foot, like five foot one. Yeah, that's probably where I'm sitting. It's five foot one no matter what. <laughs> yeah, five foot one no matter what. She is in the marketing, branding, and design space. So very, very up with the creativity. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, anything else you want to point out to all the single men that are going to be messaging you after this? <laughs> what to say to the single man oh don't be creepy don't be creepy <laughs> what are you looking for in a man interesting conversation there is nothing better than interesting conversation and she also likes to laugh so interesting conversation and a laugh yeah all right next up we have nicole so nicole is the redhead nicole is half scottish and australian so as white as white can get no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> nicole is an accountant 
a tax accountant. So the best of all accountants. <laughs> the elite. <laughs> the elite. She's part of the elite. And Nicole, what are you looking for in a man? <laughs> About six, four, blonde, blue eyes, professional athlete. <laughs> wow, that's so specific. I know. Funny how that happens. Isn't it? It sounds like you almost have someone in mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, all you single men. Nicole is not a single woman. She is currently and otherwise engaged. Although, yeah, just COVID foiled my wedding plans this year. So not... Not, I haven't done the, done the deed. <laughs> In her fiance speak, who's a professional athlete, you're a free agent still. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You're yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. But before I did, I wanted to just say, in case it wasn't, what happened? We're recovering yours, your bio data. We should include yours in the mix. Do you want? To, I don't feel like I should do my own bio data though. How about you both do my bio data? Okay. All right. But I don't even know how to start. Make it good. <laughs> okay. You're we selling me. We can't leave Manisha out. So Manisha is the brunette of the three of us. And uh, for starting with Anisti, she's Indian. And she is probably sitting same as me around a closet at five foot one. Uh, single. Oh, she's also an elite accountant. Yes. Um, <laughs> what is... Manisha looking for. Manisha's looking for. Ooh, I'm stuck. <laughs> she's not looking for anything, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> she's looking for someone who's not intimidated by her beauty and success. Yes. <laughs> someone who's not scared of a strong woman. Yeah. Also, someone who can hold interesting conversation and can keep up. What do you mean, keep up? You speak really fast. Do you need someone who can keep up and hold conversation with you? Conversation isn't interesting unless both people are participating equally. You can have a really boring conversation where you're the only one talking. True. But you need someone who can keep up with you. I think that would be good. All right. That's good. Okay, that's my bio data. Actually, Kurt gave you a pretty good um, intro the other day, too. You should have recorded that. What was it? Basically what I just said, how you're beautiful and successful. <laughs> oh, th thanks. Yeah. Yeah, except he said he'll take he'll go door to door to oh, try to find me right. someone, yeah. <laughs> and then present me on Zoom, and then as you said, so I'm COVID safe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Now that we got our bio data's out of the way, let's talk about the show. So I thought we would give just our first preliminary thoughts on how we felt about the show. And then maybe we'll get into each of the characters. I was going to say characters, but they're not characters. They're real life people. So the cast and their storylines. I can start. Okay, go um, ahead. So obviously I love this show. <laughs> I binged the whole thing in about a week. Um, I thought it gave me a really interesting... Obviously, it sensationalized um, certain parts of it, but it gave me a very different perspective into what I thought um, an arranged marriage was. I had this idea that an arranged marriage, and they actually address it in one of the episodes. I think it's one of the moms who talks about her arranged marriage and how she people have the idea that it's it's forced 
Um, and that, to be honest, is kind of the perspective that I had. I didn't really think that there was a lot of choice to me. It seemed like if you're in an, or if you're going into an arranged marriage, your parents pick this person and that is the person that you are going to marry. But what I realized from watching the show is that they're basically doing it to present them with a bunch of options that are helping, um, helping them identify the qualities that they would want in somebody and then bringing those people to them. <laughs> so, to, you know, taking some of the, some of the work out of it, which I think is great. Um, so I think there's, it definitely gave me a different perspective on things. It almost becomes like parent approved speed dating. Yeah. <laughs> I like that parent approved speed dating. That's pretty much dating when you're Indian. Parent approved speed dating. Okay. Your thoughts, Anna? I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think maybe I was more familiar with it, like the concept of it, but um, I don't know. I think there's always a stigma of like, yeah, an idea that it's, I guess from a Western perspective that it's forced and that like people aren't happy in arranged marriages or that somebody's going in against their will. Like, I, and I think not to say that there aren't scenarios like that, but this really presented a kind of more modern approach to arranged marriages where that isn't the case. Both parties are willing and it's a process they're going into openly and willingly to hopefully find a relationship that's meaningful. It's just a different way of dating than what we're used to. Um, I think I, it, may, it made me question if I would want like what my parents would think of like prospects that I'm looking into. And I'm like, what like if my parents were part of this mix of like an opinion that was heard like how would that change dating but I really enjoyed it it was interesting like it was fun and I think um I mean I've got opinions on the on the cast and people who were in it I think they're they picked personalities which makes tv attractive and interesting but I really enjoyed the like all the people who spoke about like there was like all the past relationships and all the past arranged marriages like when they were all sitting on those couches yeah i really enjoyed that part like seeing the chemistry between these people and their relationship like seeing people just really happy um it was really nice to see nice to see that things do work out nice to see strong like i guess you're seeing a five second clip so you don't know if it's a healthy relationship but seeing what per is perceived as like a healthy, nice relationship and coming out of arranged marriages. It is a nice way to introduce people to it, to show that it's not all this kind of dark thing that seems really scary. It, it can be happy and fun and like any normal relationship. Yeah. I would echo both of your thoughts. I actually, I, okay, so I enjoyed it from a perspective of reality TV. Some of it irked me and I was like not okay with the things that were being said. But I continued to watch because I wanted to learn more. I feel like sometimes I'm not always kind of seeing this part of my culture. And I know it exists, but it was very interesting to get a little bit more perspective on it and see how it was presented. And I don't think it was a full picture. I think it was part of a picture. But again, that's because of the nature of it being on TV. You want people to watch it. So... I stick to my original statement and saying cringy, but bingy. <laughs> yeah. Because it was, yeah, because it was good, but bad at the yeah. same time. And I guess I want to kind of dive into the good, but bad stuff. Um, and I think you guys touched on a little bit 
of it. But who are our favorites? Let's start with that. Who did we like? I really liked, I like Nadia. Maybe because I could relate to her the most. I, I don't know. Like it, there, there wasn't like the show had a mix of a cast, like people who were living in the U.S. and people who were living in India, like a mix of different cultures and different upbringings and different backgrounds. Some were more Western and some were, were like um, conservative, not conservative, but traditional. There is the word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some were more traditional. And I think maybe Nadia is the person who I felt I could relate most to, probably most Western and most like what I could identify with. But she was really just seemed fun. And she kind of had a hard time on the show. And it was really sad to watch. And I think maybe also I could relate to her experiences dating and struggling to find someone that you connect with. And then finding someone you connect with and kind of having different ideas of what something is and ideals and where your relationship's going and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think she was probably my favorite. How about you, Nicole? Any favorites? I don't know if I necessarily had a favorite. I found certain people endearing or entertaining. (laughs) Um, The guy, the jewelry guy's name, Prad Human. Let's just call him Prad. I feel like he wasn't even on the show to find somebody. I'm pretty sure he's on the show just to boost his social media, but it was entertaining to, to watch nonetheless. It's like, you know, when you can tell that people are on The Bachelor just to get famous, mm-hmm. like they're not actually on there for love. I feel like this is a similar situation with this show. Right. Or also it seemed like it was his parents who were forcing him to be there. I don't think he was necessarily ready to commit to something. <laughs> I would agree with that. I think his his only reason for really being on there was his parents and probably the way they sold it to him is like, hey, you could be on TV. Yeah. They like had their own secret agenda of like, oh, maybe he'll find someone and like <laughs> meet our wishes. It was really interesting. I don't know if you guys noticed when he was going into his closet, he had a picture of himself on the, on the door <laughs> handle. Did you see that? Multiple pics. He had a whole wall. How did you feel about that? <laughs> Nicole liked it. <laughs> Nicole's like, I'm going to do that. I didn't know his photos of it, like his, his shrine to himself. And yeah. <laughs> it's a little weird, but like that's the person he came across as. He came across as maybe a little vain, maybe a little like materialistic. Right. Not to say that there's not people who are in, into that. There's probably people who are into that. He was an attractive guy. Like seems like he earned a decent living. Like he could find someone. I don't think he was looking for that. He just seemed like someone who wanted to have fun and was young. Yeah. I think maybe it highlighted uh, something going on current, like a clash of a younger generation and an older generation, like what a younger generation wants, like mm-hmm. kind of living more of the lifestyle, at least that I'm familiar with, of like being young, having fun, like more of a Western approach to like, you don't really start settling down until like you're later in your 20s, like you're ready for that lifestyle versus I think for him or maybe from his parents' perspective, it's like, no, you're past your prime now. You should be dating. You should be settling down. Mm -hmm. So maybe a clash of like a younger generation and an older generation perspective was interesting for his family. He also had this like playboy mentality where he kind of wants the best of both worlds. Like he wants to be able to go out and keep partying and living his lifestyle the way it is. But he also, you know, feels some pressure or maybe he maybe he does want to get married, but he doesn't want to give up what he currently has. And that's just um, not a great combination. So, yeah, you said Nadia. 
she was the dancer and a wedding planner. I really liked Nadia too. Like I feel like she was like a very free spirit and very positive energy and good vibes. Yeah, she was definitely the most relatable, I think. Yeah. Just yeah, a happy person. Yeah. Like be loving life and just be really open and fun. Yeah. You know what I kept thinking when they first showed her? I was like, how is she still single? She's so amazing. She's such a catch. And then she started kind of talking about the caste system a little bit and how because she she is Indian, but from South America, you know, Guyanese, that people looked at her differently. So it was really hard to find somebody who's Indian who was okay with that. And I think that's kind of a little bit of the conversation when it started getting into kind of the parts of Indian culture where people aren't as progressive or open-minded. I think that's something I wasn't familiar with. I wasn't familiar that there was a big Guyanese Indian community. Like I was familiar with caste systems and that that was a, like a factor in dating. I think it came up mostly for her. It didn't maybe come up as much for the others. Um, just like it wasn't mentioned as much. And I think maybe there were families that were more traditional where that probably plays a bigger role. And I feel like maybe in those families, it should have been mentioned more because I'm assuming those conversations were going on even though they weren't had on screen. I, the show very much, I think, because it's reality TV and it's supposed to be a fun introduction and it's supposed to be a lighthearted introduction into like arranged marriages. Like it's not digging too deep into like the problem of the caste system and kind of those inequalities and those that like those challenges and the realities for like a large percentage of people I think it kind of glossed over it a little too much yeah I think I kind of like understood it when I saw it because I have kind of been exposed to it not like discriminated against or anything per se but just like I have seen it um, and seen people talk about it so it's really interesting but even I didn't actually realize like there was like a distinction and being Guyanese was something like I knew that there was Indian people who immigrated from India and went to different parts of the world. But I didn't realize how prominent that was and how much they were like that they were even discriminated against. And I know that sounds really ignorant, but I think like I'm not I don't see a lot of that. I was just going to ask you that. Do you do you see that happening here? I think like the circles that I'm around, a lot of people are of the same cast so you don't really see those issues being as prevalent but I do when I sometimes see a friend who's dating someone else in a different cast I see the issues start to unfold there with their families not with them themselves I think it's a generational thing as well it was interesting it was shedding a tiny bit more light onto the situation that this is something that's really important and it's so important that they included in their bio data so I don't know if you remember that which is the reason why when I started this, I included where your ancestry was because for some reason it's super important, you know, where you're from and what your caste is. Yeah, even though that's not something you can control at exactly. all. Exactly. It's completely out of your control. I personally am not a fan of that, but I understand that it happens. It is interesting that they kind of glaze over that for the show and I guess like since it is such a big issue but I mean I guess that's where the entertainment aspect of the show comes in like Anna was saying it's not really about digging deep into the issues it's about the entertainment mm -hmm. and I think also reducing the stigma of arranged marriages and kind of showing that there is a modern spin to it 
I think maybe it would have been relevant or like more useful to the viewer to know that Seema, who was the matchmaker, was more of a traditional matchmaker. And maybe like, I, it's interesting to show that, well, I find it interesting that in the show, even though she's a more traditional matchmaker, she's matching all these people in the States who probably would have been better suited for a more modern approach to matchmaking. Who like their their families didn't seem super traditional. It was like a weird combination. I was also surprised that people in the States were using her considering she's from India. Like the distance is just so long. Um, I guess maybe she must have a lot of clients in the States too that she's able to match. But I was wondering if they were actually reaching out to her, if it was just for the purposes of the show. The feeling that, oh, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think of that. But the feeling that I got was that she was like a celebrity matchmaker. Like it made it seem like she was the um, ideal person that you're supposed to go to. So I think when you know, people are really serious about this, that they probably, you know, wanted to reach out to the best. And she just happens to be in India and, you know, people are willing to to pay for the best. But that's a very good point. They could have just, you know, it is TV. <laughs> I think it depends what you're looking for. Like someone, I was surprised to see some people that were it's super Western and maybe more aligned with where you are, Manisha, and like where you're at living here. But still, in like, I think it's interesting to see that they would reach out to someone who was as conservative as she was. I think if not to say that you would ever end up going for a matchmaking or a matchmaker, but if you were, you'd end up with someone who was here and was in this community and like new people in this and like in kind of the world that you live in versus going through a world that you're not as connected to anymore. I think that was a strain. Especially someone like Aparna, who is such a career-driven, strong, successful woman with all these priorities in her life that are not um, like surrounding men. And then to have her reach out to a matchmaker who's so traditional and who's client base on the other side of things seems to value women who stay in the house and are willing to give up everything for this marriage and, um, you know, move across the world, like literally drop everything at the drop of a hat, like just move and give up their whole lives for marriage. And she's obviously not that kind of person. She's worked very hard to, I mean, she has her own issues, but she has obviously worked very hard in her career. And so for her to reach out to somebody like that just doesn't make a lot of sense. I totally agree with that. I That's exactly what I was thinking is like somebody who doesn't fit those traditional views. Why would you go to somebody who doesn't have the same view of the world that you have? Because how are they able to match you with someone with that view? The only person who really seemed to be a good fit for this matchmaker was Akshay. And I don't know how much he was a good match as the family was a good match. He seemed to really just be steered by what his family was thinking. Um, but they were the most traditional and they seemed really aligned and were like speaking the same language. The mom and the matchmaker was very much, this is what we want as his mother. This is what I want her to be like. Yeah. She will drop everything for my son. Like he just wanted someone who was going to stay at home. He didn't want a career woman, which was problematic on its own, but 
I mean, I'm not judging. People want what they want, and that's some people want that. That's that's so interesting because I just put on the first episode. I think it was the first episode that I was playing, and she was insisting that the woman that he finds be flexible because it'll be easier for her that way as in the mom so it was all about it's almost the the moms were more concerned about who the girl is going to be or the wife is going to be than than the than the husband is and i think that was like the first real insight into how this life new life for his wife would be in a traditional sense the girl like the wife would move in with the parents and the mom would train the wife to be a good wife i don't know it's kind of like a hiring process of almost hiring like a housekeeper it's like you're my assistant number two like in the house of women like she's the one vetting someone to be her assistant which is a weird way to pick a partner it's uh it's very interesting and this is a very traditional mentality and a way of thinking where it goes back to kind of almost gender roles on women have a role in the house and a role in the marriage and that's exactly what the mom you can see was kind of raised to be that woman. I think part of it is also as young girls in the Indian culture we're told a lot of messages like when you get married, you can do whatever you want, which is very problematic because then all of a sudden you're saying you don't have control until you're married. And even when you're married, you have to you have to do these things. You have to play this role. So in a way, the mom is really just exercising the control that she has. And the only control she really has is over her kids and then picking her kid's partner and I think that she doesn't even have a problem with it because maybe it's the only way she sees things because it's the way she was brought up. So she expects it to be that way. And I think also the Indian community places a lot of emphasis on prestige and like looking good to the external world. Internally, there could be problems, but as long as you look like a good family unit to everybody else, then that means that we're a good Indian family. Like that kind of goes back to the whole caste system um, conversation, right? Because they want you to look a certain way on paper um, or this is what I'm taking from this show anyways. I don't, I don't know, but it, to me, it seems like they want you to, you know, tick all these boxes so that they can go to the rest of the family and to the friends and say, Oh, here is this wife and she does this, 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 and this. And that's what they want to be able to tell everybody else and whether it's a happy marriage or not is a completely different conversation yeah growing up in southeast asia like that's so apparent tradition is so apparent focus on tradition focus on prestige and family value and presenting this outward face and this um aura of like perfection it focused a lot on like I guess a lot of the people were living in the U.S., so, like, it didn't really show. It showed, like, the traditional family, like, living in India through Akshay and, like, the traditional mom, but it didn't really show, like, the young professional, like, the more modern side of living in India, being a young professional and showing it as just, like, any other city. Yeah. I think this 
speed of how the matchmaking works is really interesting too. The expectation when you use this matchmaker is that you're going to find someone and you're going to get married like yesterday. Yeah. Like right away. You can go on a couple dates, but then they expect a proposal like within a couple dates, which is just such a foreign concept to me. Well, it says, says the person who dated her significant other for eight years. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I can't imagine going on two dates with someone being like, okay, let's I'm ready to get married. Let's do this thing. Like, that's not how it works. I mean, you can click with someone. Of course you can click with someone. But going on two dates and being like, yep, we're ready to do this thing. But I guess by the time that you are going to use a matchmaker, you've kind of made a decision that you're ready. Yeah. But what the show really like put forward was this idea that like when you go into matchmaking, you're really committed to the idea of marriage going in. And it's very much, it's not so much the person. It's like any person would fit this mold at this moment. It's just finding kind of ish the right one, but you're ready to commit to any not commit to anybody that puts it very loosely, but like in a sense versus dating here is very much marriage is something that comes eventually with the right person. It's like you commit to that person and that's what makes marriage the thing. It's not like I'm ready to get married now. Let's find someone. It's like you find someone and then you get ready. Yeah, to totally. It's, it's a reversal of the process and it's, different way of committing you're committing to that person not to the idea of marriage mm -hmm. using the matchmaker is really because it is more of a traditional matchmaker as well they even said it for them this matchmaking process is not matching a person to a person it's the marriage of two families mm. and i think that's really telling they're not trying to match you to somebody else what they're trying to do is make sure that the family aesthetic of one person matches the family aesthetic of the other the goals and the values align. Therefore, the children who are the ones putting themselves forward would also align as an extension of their family, I think is kind of the thought process there of using this more traditional matchmaker too. Was there any common themes that you saw in the show or common messages that you saw that you had that you picked up on? I feel like... I was really put off by the way women were portrayed in the show. Just in general, they were either portrayed as like crazy or, um, you know, needed to be submissive to the men. And I don't know, I, that didn't really sit very well with me. Yeah. But I think maybe they should have showed, shown healthy alternatives or like, called it out or done it in a way that is I don't know they they really focused on the entertainment aspect and I think a lot of people will go into watching this as more educational because it is very different from their culture and I think they could have been done better to explain either why this is good or why this isn't bad or what this looks like and also like it wasn't a great example of like a very diverse things and it didn't really show a great reality yeah, this show wasn't educational. It might slightly be informational, not completely maybe the whole picture of information that you'd want, but it was definitely just mostly entertainment. I think for me, the issues I saw or the issues I kind of had with it was I felt like the matchmaker Seema was trying to tell the women to be flexible and to adjust and mm -hmm. to be the ones that compromised but I never heard that when it came to the men. No. It's like, she should like you for who you are. She should like you because you have a good heart. 
but that didn't matter as much when it came to the women. Yeah, she had the, like, I think also the comments, like, were very um, targeted at, like, they're too strong, they're too this, they're not looking for the right, I don't know. It wasn't very um, positive or, like, it wasn't very uplifting of these strong women like they'd achieved so much and they'd done so much like it wasn't and and that's why I'm so confused I'm like why did it show it in this light why did they pick those people for this matchmaker like it could have been done in a way that highlighted those things I think I don't know that's what I find frustrating the way things were portrayed I think it could have been done and handled in a different way yeah, it didn't pave a very good road forward with that kind of thing. Like it wasn't very progressive in that in that light. And that that's kind of leads into another one of the themes that I picked up on was just like the general intimidation of the men by successful women. That was like an issue that almost every single one of them had. Oh, she she has a career. Oh, she's strong-willed. Oh, she's too this. She's too much. She's too much woman. And that was a, an issue for every single one of them. And I feel like that's that's a really big problem. I completely agree. And actually, so just expanding off that, that was one thing I saw too is they brought on which I'm so grateful for all these strong, successful, independent women. And I thought that was fantastic. But what they didn't do a good job was, is when the matchmaker came in, instead of saying like, this is fantastic. She has so many accomplishments. That's amazing. She needs someone who's just as amazing. It was almost like this is a negative thing. Yeah. A drawback. I have to work around this success of this person to find someone who will be fitting with her rather than like, she's great. Let's find someone great. No, this is a terrible thing. Oh, God. Exactly. Seema said something along the lines of, I don't like it when they're highly educated. It makes them hard to match. And I was so taken aback because she said when she was talking about Aparna, she was like, oh, uh, successful women or independent women, women like her are very hard to match. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just me as a woman, if this was my only source of information and I'm just watching this Netflix show and let's say I'm younger and I'm not exposed to that much. Now, what is the messaging I'm getting there? I'm understanding that if I'm successful and independent, I'm difficult. That's what that translates to. It just doesn't portray strong women in a good light. It doesn't portray women in a good light. It feels so backwards, like they're undoing all of the progress that women have made in the past 50 years. I mean, again, this goes back to kind of like the women bashing that they were doing on this show. Like, even when it's subtle, it's definitely, definitely there. That's definitely not a progressive thing that I feel like women of the younger generation should be paying attention to. Yeah, I had a lot of qualms with that. And then also they said something along the lines of like, they think it was actually Akshay, I think it was Akshay's mom that said that the girl has to adjust values rather than the boy. Like it shouldn't be the boy who's adjusting values. That's not right. It should be the girl, which I was like, why is that the case? And then also, oh my goodness, do you remember this part? where the mom was saying about Akshay, she, she was like, they were kind of getting into a tiff because he wasn't meeting anybody and the matchmaker kept presenting options. And then he's like, no, I don't feel like meeting anybody. 
And then she's like, like in reference to his brother, she's like, you're making them late. Like they can't have a baby until you find someone and get married. And then he was like, I'm not stopping anyone. Oh, why is that? And so nobody, nobody's allowed to have kids until all of the kids are married? In Akshay's case, because he was younger and his brother was already married. And the I mom... No, I thought, I thought Akshay was the older one and the brother... No, no, other way younger. around. Oh, okay. Brother was older, was married. Akshay was single. And I don't know, it, it kind of showcased that they're always looking for like what's next. They're not just happy with the present moment because the mom is like, they need to have a baby like they can't have a baby until you kind of get married which I'm like why is that I didn't even realize that was a thing like there's an ordering <laughs> yeah and I guess it was also like an age issue too because he was of a certain age that she thought was appropriate for him to already be married yeah but it all goes back to the public perception and how the public perception of your family is so important the prestige the class the outward like it's it's so prevalent in those society like in that society and in that environment. It's strange, especially from a background where that's so irrelevant. Nobody like that's not a thing. At least in the family I was raised in, nobody cared. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is that, and Kita said as well was, or like they kind of talked about it when they brought her into the picture, was something to, along the lines of like wanting independence and wanting a partnership is considered rebellious mm. which is really telling i think mm -hmm. because essentially you're saying that that's not the norm and that shouldn't be the norm because you're saying it's you, something you need to rebel against yeah but that's why she went to the more modern um she ended up with the more modern matchmaker the matchmaker's like i you're not my kind of girl like i can't find you someone because you're too modern you're gonna have to go to a more modern approach thing yeah so I want to clear the air and just say, like, maybe we should put out our messages to women who are watching this and just say, if you are strong, successful, independent, that's a good thing. And don't let anyone make you think that that's not because there's nothing wrong with you. Absolutely. No. And let them be intimidated. <laughs> exactly. I think it's that shows that there's more of an issue with the other person who's intimidated than you. Totally. Exactly. So how did you feel like the show lined up with your understanding of Indian culture? In some ways, it's actually opened my mind in a good way. Like now I realize it's not always forced and I definitely had that perspective before. Um, but there's also more of an oppressive side than I realized. Like, I don't know if that's just because most of my exposure, like my Indian friends or like you or Prob, right? That have super Western parents. And I just like, haven't really noticed the kind of politics, I guess, that, that goes on. Like I just didn't realize. So in some ways it's been, um, I, there's, I, learned more positive things and in some ways I think I learned more negative mm -hmm. and I think we also need to acknowledge that this is like a Netflix show and like obviously this is for entertainment and we're not getting the full picture of any of these things we don't know these people we don't know their families we don't know if the things that they were take they were saying were taken out of context at any point like if they were made to look a certain way and that's not necessarily 
who they are as a person. Like, we just don't know. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to pass that kind of judgment. I'm trying not to pass that kind of judgment when I when I reflect on these things. Right. But it has opened my eyes a little bit for sure. I think when you see things like this, very easy to generalize and just assume that this is. Yeah. Take it at face value and this is exactly what the culture is like. And especially if you don't have exposure to people of that culture. This is so dangerous when a show like this comes out though because it can be so damaging to... Exactly. Um like in this case, women or just Indian culture. Like Mm -hmm. I could take one thing from this show and somebody else could take something completely different from this show. And really the exposure is such a sensationalized, like tiny little aspect of Indian culture that I'm now, um, you know, pulling judgment from whether I intend to or not. Mm -hmm. How about you, Anna? How did it compare with your understanding? I think it kind of matched what I was thinking things would be like, but I think they really, like, their goal, at least from my perception, was to make matchmaking or arranged marriages more, yeah, palatable to a Western culture, to make it seem like it's not this big, scary thing, which I probably did. It came across as it wasn't always this big, scary thing. It's not forced. It can be more like online dating. It can be kind of that thing. But I I kind of wish they had shown more facets of it. it, kind of really highlighted this thing that like, if you're living in India, you're more traditional. And if you're Indian in the US, you're more liberal and you're more like modern but it didn't really show that there is that divide within india itself as well they didn't necessarily show how modern it has become and how modern india thinks currently because i think there are people who are more modern than what they showed that aren't just western yeah that's very true yeah i think maybe they touched on it a little bit with ankita because she seemed to be like a feminist and a businesswoman so you saw it a little bit, but again, she, what she but was... But also, like, she wasn't even included in that. Yeah. And what she was met with was kind of more backlash. Yeah. It didn't show her in a good light. It wasn't positivity. No. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's my, like, overall conclusion of it. I think it was good in what it was trying to do and changing stigma and stuff, but, like, it could have shown a much bigger spectrum and a better perception of how it works. Mm-hmm. I learned something, actually. Because they said this comment that the girl should be at least 5'3". I'm like, wow, I'm undateable. I'm successful, undateable. I'm 5'1", which makes me undateable. I'm not super flexible. I don't know. Maybe I am. I go with the flow. When the mom said flexible, I thought she meant like flexibility. Yeah. Like actual flexibility. And I was like, huh. Like, I thought that was going to, like, move into, like, a sex thing. That was very surprised. <laughs> Honestly, because they, I think they started with that. I was a little confused, too. I was like, where are they going with this? Uh-huh. Yeah, so I learned that I'm pretty much undateable. So not true. <laughs> so silly. Anna, you're undateable, too, by their standards. Yeah, I am under 5'3 as well. And, I mean, I'm not even considered for this. I'm not Indian. I can't be dated in this world. That's true. Like, you're at least, you, you at least make the cut. We, me and Nicole go make the cut. <laughs> You'd be highly disapproved of. You'd be highly disapproved of, yeah. That's true. So my last question is, would you ever consider seeing a matchmaker? I think if I, I was single, like maybe not at this point, but at some point, I, like I'm definitely not opposed to that. I definitely think that there's some, like some benefits where, 
mostly just because if you're older, you don't want to keep wasting your time on people that aren't in the same headspace as you. So there's like a certain level of commitment that I think you're looking for when you go for a matchmaker. And so if I was at the point where I was ready to get a matchmaker, that would be a huge benefit for me. But just knowing that the other people are on the same page and also looking for a serious commitment. And also trusting human instinct versus an algorithm of who's being shown to you and who's being matched with you. Like, someone taking a look and saying, this person could be a good fit for you. And they've met them and they know them. Like, it's like a friend setting you up with someone. I think there's Mm -hmm. something to that. But I mean, I wouldn't want someone to do it based on caste system and money earned and horoscopes. But if it's done differently, maybe. I think that the commercials that you always hear on the radio in Vancouver for that events and adventures is genius. Cause it's like not really matchmaking, but you're putting a bunch of people with similar ideas and values together, doing something organically, like doing an activity. So I feel like that's what I would do first before I went to a matchmaker. Like if I was having trouble just meeting people in the wild, <laughs> in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I should just mention, we're not sponsored by Adventure Adventures, <laughs> yeah. but Adventure Adventures, if you are looking and interested in a sponsorship, please feel free to contact me. Me and Manisha will go on some adventures. There we go. All right. Thanks for signing me up for that. Yeah. Come and talk about our experience. Yeah. Watch. It'll, end just, it'll just end up being me and Anna hung out the whole time. And had so yeah, much didn't fun. Even talk to any guys. <laughs> we talked too much between us that nobody would ever get a word in. Yeah, I think Nicole can relate to that because it's similar when I'm hanging out with her as well. <laughs> I talk a lot too. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. It was so much fun. Lots to talk about. And I don't even think we actually got super deep into everything we could have covered. This was just kind of scratching the surface a little bit. But uh, before we wrap it up, could you please tell the fam where they can find you and your amazingness? Maybe Anna, you want to go first? Yeah, so they can find me um, through my Instagram, which is Anna Jerfy Design, or they can find me at my website, which is AnnaJerfy.com. And those will be linked somewhere so you find the correct spelling. <laughs> She beat me to the punchline. Yeah, I'll link them in the description. And Nicole, where can the fam find you? You can find me on Instagram at Nick Dawson's. That's it. That's it. Thank you. It was awesome having you guys on. I'm Manisha. This is the life of a reluctant brown girl. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to share with your friends. Have something or someone you want to hear on the podcast? Let us know. Leave a comment or connect with us on Instagram. See you next time.